Welcome to Syntax, where we deliver tasty treats for web developers. Welcome to Syntax. How's everybody doing? This is the podcast full of tasty treats. The tastiest <laughs> treats on the so, planet. So uh, somebody said that the, the whole tasty treats part of the podcast was cringy. So Scott and I are going to double down and make them even tastier. It deeply, deeply upsets me that that would be cringy because <laughs> I love the tasty <laughs> treats. That's one of my, that's one of the best parts. So somebody also sent me a link to the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Got some tasty treats, which oh, I yeah. totally did not think of. I definitely did not think of when I, when we came up with the podcast, Tasty Treats, but now I am dying at how hilarious that scene is. I didn't not think of that. So I, <laughs> I didn't jeopardize, I don't want to jeopardize the chance of Tasty Treats making it into the podcast. So uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like one of the all time greatest TV episodes of anything. Oh, that's, that's probably one of my favorite episodes. If, if you're, uh, if you're looking for a laugh, open up, uh, YouTube and search "Tasty Treats Sunny," and you're, you're you'll see something funny. So uh, today we're going to talk about our origin stories, which is sort of like how did we get started and what was the path to uh, becoming web developers and whatnot. So uh, apologize if you've heard me on a podcast sort of talk about this before. Um, you can skip mine. Mine goes a little bit more in depth than I ever have on some podcasts, but uh, I have never heard Scott, so I'm, I'm interested in that. So. Uh, we got a sponsor here today. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. FreshBooks is a easy-to-use cloud accounting software that saves small business owners like you and myself uh, two days a month in paperwork and gets them paid up to five days faster. We'll talk a little bit more about them partway through the show, but uh, head on over to freshbooks.com forward slash syntax for a 30-day free trial and make sure you enter in syntax in the how did you hear about us section so we can get paid. Cool. So, Scott, how did you get started being a web developer? Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I feel like uh, I, I don't know if this is like a theme or whatever, but I feel like, you know, with with web development being such a interesting career as it is, I think that you're going to find a huge amount of uh, variability in people's origin stories. If you if you talk to them about how they got started, I mean, most people that I know that are devs have either very interesting or just very unusual or different stories. Maybe not like, oh, I went to study computer science and now I'm a developer, right? I mean, there's certainly a lot of those yeah. people. But, uh, you know, this industry attracts a lot of different people. So I'm, I'm sure if you talk to a lot of people, you're going to get some pretty weird stories. And mine's definitely not the most uh, normal, so to say. So I, I started obviously tinkering around with web technologies back in high school and middle school, just building really basic HTML sites. Uh, I had a popular band in high school, and like our our uh, Battle of the Bands was like seriously gigantic deal. It sold out like a huge auditorium every year, and. Uh, wow. Our yeah, our our band got like second place our, as freshmen, and that like didn't happen. Uh, like, to, and if you got second place one year, it was almost guaranteed you were going to get first place the next year. So then we ended up getting <laughs> first place for a couple of years, and uh, just like really, you know, our, our band was like a big deal for us in high school. So you know, I made our site, and then um, we kept remaking it all the time because we wanted it to be cooler. We made it in. 
HTML and then Flash uh, through Angel Fire, and you know we so occasionally we would do these like really ridiculous Flash intros to the site. And I, I made it with a, a good friend of mine who I'll, I'll get into a little bit more in this episode. But uh, uh, his name is Devin Kerr. He was our bassist in the band. He's a super talented guy. He's one of the smartest people I know. And uh, so basically, we would just mess around with that for a long time. And somehow our band's message board became like the hotspot in high school for like digital space. So like <laughs> we, our message board was like, it had, I don't know if it like, it just became like the message board where people in our school would, would, would just chat. So we maintained this like decent message board for our, our high school for a little bit. And that was just like, you know, that was basically my introduction to web stuff. Right. Um, it was just a lot of fun and we were doing it cause we wanted to, um, you know, goof around we wanted to put some audio clips on. Okay, you got to learn audio stuff. You wanted to have a f- ridiculous intro. You got to learn Flash stuff. You you want to yeah. you know learn CSS. You got to learn all that stuff. Obviously, the site was probably terrible. I would love to see what the code looks like right now. I have absolutely no idea what the code would look like for that site. <laughs> I would really love to see it. Um, so yeah, so really from there. Uh, it just started my interest in actually our band's name. I should point this out is set focus from the set focus method in flash. Uh, so we even wow. stole our band name from flash. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So then I just started like building my site. I built like Scott Like, I don't know a whole bunch built it in high school just for fun and, uh, messing around on angel fire and whatever. And then, uh, yeah, so that was pretty much it. I didn't really have any ideas of what I wanted to do in life, really. I, I just wasn't really that motivated or driven. And uh, the, my friend Devin, who was in our band, he had heard about this program at the University of Michigan, which was uh, audio and video engineer. Well, it was audio engineering. It was in the School of Music. And they had several different sort of um, pathways in this program, and so you, there was like three people accepted into each of the four majors a year, and that's it. So it was pretty competitive for these three wow. spots. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the people who I graduated with in my program are like incredible people. So uh, the different focuses would be like music technology with a focus in composition, music technology with a focus in performance. Uh, my program was music technology with a focus on media arts, so like video production, uh, I had to take 18 dance credits. I had to take uh, a lot of art. I took like sewing, just like a whole bunch of random, random classes huh. in college. Uh, but my buddy Devin, he took uh, the fourth, which was audio engineering with a uh, engineering component. So he actually got a, a science degree and went on to get his master's and stuff like that. So he, he definitely went way more into the audio engineering spectrum of everything. And I did much more of the multimedia stuff. So uh, while I was there, I took a bunch of music programming classes, which is like my introduction to higher level programming, where I was building things like I mentioned before, like a video theremin, uh, like a projection audio synthesizer. And it was an environment where people were just building wacky stuff. Like somebody built, um, it was like a drum machine that was with triggers tied into ping pong paddles. So you'd play ping pong and drum beats would be making it was like people were just like making wild wild stuff and uh it was a really good environment to be just super creative and and just try to do something totally wild uh so yeah so that was my my big introduction to music or programming in general was through music programming 
uh, other than just you know basic basic web stuff. And through this course of this, I wanted to present myself as like um, I wanted to. I was trying to do too many things. I wanted to be like a a sound designer. I wanted to be a motion graphics designer, a video editor, a you know Photoshop, a web dev, web developer. And so I had a website yeah. that was like showing off all my work in those different aspects. And it was just like totally all over the place. But uh, I just was up would update it all the time with my work and portfolio and whatever. And uh, yeah, it, so that was it. I was doing the website because I had to, and I, I would always find it really fun, right? So uh, I graduated from school, um, not knowing, you know, sort of what to do. I should mention, like I said, the, the people who I graduated with are all doing huge, huge things. So like the guy that stood next to me is, he played guitar for 30 Seconds for Mars, or 30 Seconds to Mars, which is Jared Leto's band. So he's like wow. hanging out with Jared Leto all the time and uh, he was their audio engineer and now he's in his own band and touring all the time. Dude's amazing. Uh, the girl who stood next to me is got second place on The Voice, Michelle Shamwell. Uh, she's like amazing. And I mean, we knew she was a good singer in, in school, but her like her production and her music was always really good. So we didn't know how amazing of a singer she was. So when she was on that show, we were just like, wow, she was just um, <laughs> absolutely incredible. And then Holy obviously smokes. my friend Devin is like, a, he runs his own uh, audio plugin company where they make audio plugins. He does a bunch of mastering. He did the mastering for like albums that have won Grammys and stuff like that. He's like big time in the audio mastering industry. And his plugins are used by all sorts of people like Flying Lotus and some major, major producers. So uh, he's he's doing it. Everybody's doing big things, really. Um, so it was a really really interesting program. So after that, I got a uh, basically uh, I had a job for Guitar World magazine where I'd worked there as an intern for half a year doing video production. Where like famous rock star would come in, you'd videotape them, you'd edit it, you'd you know do some motion graphics, and it would go out on a DVD with the magazine. And I got that gig because my uncle was the editor-in-chief, so it was a, like a really sweet summer job. And they had offered me a job coming out of school, but it, after graduating, you know, I had um, I'd been dating my wife for a little bit, and well, my soon-to-be wife, and uh, at that time, we had to make like a real choice, like do I take this career in New York or do I stay here? Uh, because she was going to get her master's and eventually her doctorate in, in Michigan, and you know, oh, yeah. I wasn't counting on the long distance thing working out. So, uh, <laughs> I've made, I made the, <laughs> she, after, you know, she, she really stressed like a hundred percent do not make this decision because of me. And it obviously that's, you know, not going to happen that way. <laughs> so yeah. I, I made the decision to stay in Michigan and I turned down that job full time. So I could have been, you know, I could have been, my career would have been totally audio video production based at that point. And I could have stayed wow. there. Um, instead, I took a job as an accountant for a record label, Ghostly International. And Ghostly International is like an amazing record label. Yeah. Uh, I was their accountant for a year. Like a math and money guy? Yes. I was a math and money guy. I ran the accounting. I was the only accountant uh, for the label for an entire year. I had no accounting background. They were just looking for somebody. (laughs) Like they were basically like, okay, our books aren't that complicated. We, you know, we, we push out royalties this way. Uh, you know, you manage the, the QuickBooks this way. And like, we're not looking for someone with like, you know, here's how to, you know, bend, 
shell corporation. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, basically just monitoring stuff and making sure there's no alarms going off and making sure the artists get paid. Uh, I took the job not because I wanted to be an accountant. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, It was a cool company recommended to me by a friend. I loved their music. So uh, I got a free record every single week that I worked there. And and I definitely took advantage of that. Uh, Got totally stocked up on their catalog. But yeah, I eventually took a job as an AV tech at the University of Michigan. And this whole time I'm, I'm working on web stuff, right? Working on web, working on web. I worked as an AV technician running projectors for uh, the medical school at the University of Michigan. So, you know, there'd be some presentation on some messed up medical disorder with like gross gnarly pictures. And I would have to just run the projector and I stayed in the projector booth and I just brought my computer and I worked on stuff. I took freelance clients. I built websites. I, I was just working on stuff, learning Photoshop, learning coding better, um, just because yeah. it was fun to me, right? I mean, I had nothing to do sitting in that booth. So um, my parents were starting a green tea store. I built them their site in Magento and uh, had to learn about databases, PHP, all that stuff through building this Magento site. Uh, really definitely like cut my teeth on a ton of CSS and uh, understanding the differences and all this. And I, I really struggled through it. I mean, I had no technical web programming background at this point. I'm just like, just totally. So how long how long ago up. was this? Just to give you, just to give us an idea, like how long ago was this? This I was a let's see, uh, the T website was probably started in 2009. Okay, so yeah. it was quite a while, eight, eight years ago. Yeah, so a while ago, yeah, and you know <laughs> I managed the website and they kept that tea, they kept the T store for quite a while. Um, before closing it up. Actually, still have the domain for sale. So if uh, anyone wants to buy bloomingtea.com, you could reach out to me because I'm that's still sweet. holding on to it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's where I learned all that stuff. And because I got that confidence through building that site, like, oh, I can build an e-commerce site and accept payments and all this stuff like that. Like, maybe I should just make some extra cash here. So I started taking jobs off Craigslist and uh, minor gigs here and there. Didn't know what I was doing. You know, got burned by a few clients who weren't interested in paying, you know, that kind of stuff. And just really learned a little bit more about um, web technologies overall. I was reading a lot of A List Apart. Uh, I believe the Book Apart books were starting to come out then. So I was starting to, to read all those. And then, you know, I was really unhappy at work because, you know, you go there and I'm literally not doing anything. You turn on a projector and then you sit in a room for an hour until the class is over and then you turn off the projector and then you turn it back (laughs) on for the next class. I mean, it was just so, oh, it was just so boring, but it gave me a lot of time to work on stuff. So yeah, around 2011, March of 2011 to be exact, Uh, My wife spotted a job opening for a local web dev shop. Well, not web dev shop, a local uh, creative agency, like 12 people, large agency. Um, It was a place we had walked by a lot and you'd see like their branding and their logo. And you'd say like, man, I would kill to work there because it's beautiful, right? Everything they do is great work. They have big name clients. Um, and I, I applied for the job because she found the job posting. I didn't even look for it. She found it and knew I was unhappy and was like, you need to, you know, you need to apply for this. Um, I did. I had a phone interview with a guy named Ben Schaff, who is a huge, amazing mentor of mine. He's just one of the, the most important people in my career. And he took a chance. He like, we had a, a really great phone conversation and, um, 
I, I knew it seemed like it was going pretty well. Came in to do the uh, in-person interview, and they gave me a job. And I, I, I don't think I was a good enough developer at the time to get that job. But <laughs> he definitely yeah. like took a chance on me. And uh, I started like that week, or that first week on the job, building Drupal and WordPress sites in a professional environment for real clients. And I, I really wow. didn't know what I was doing. I, I was, you know, asking Ben every step of the way for you know what he does for this and this and this, and uh, it really like shaped my understanding of this stuff and led me to getting to explore a bunch of new uh, techniques. That was a, like a time when CSS3 was really starting to come into being a major player in a way that you could actually use it with the prefixes. So we yep. were using a lot of new fancy stuff and, you know, you know, some stuff was new for both of us and, and we could say, Hey, Oh, did you see this? Do you see this? And I mean, we sat next to each other in the same room. So we're constantly sharing uh, web resources and cool tech and cool stuff. Um, and just learning. I, I mean, I feel like that was like a, um, a rocket ship accelerated learning just shot me yeah. into the, the, the tech world in a, a way that I, my, my learning yeah. was around that time too. And I remember it just being so, so mad, such a magical time when all that CSS three stuff started coming out. It's so exciting. I, I remember the last site that we had to do uh, an image background to do rounded corners on. Like, I don't even remember that technique where you'd have like a, oh, yeah. uh, a, like a div above a div that was just an image of the rounded corners. Uh, I remember sliding the doors, it was called. Was that what it's called? It, it was called sliding doors where you had like a div, you had like two, two or three pieces, and then it would, it would go um, horizontally. Based on how long the text was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were doing, uh, and just, I just remember a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And there was no like web fonts at that point. Uh, there was just a lot of like really big changes coming into web development at that time. I, I remember, I remember when we had a, the first site we did with web fonts was using, um, it's owned by Adobe now. I forget what it's, it used to be a big, big, big player. Typekit. Typekit. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of people using Typekit still, uh, but I remember when that wasn't even. I mean, we had a subscription to Typekit long before it was owned by Adobe, and that was like a huge mind blower right there. So, yeah, I remember that. I dropped Qfon. You ever used Qfon before that? Or see, we never we didn't get into the the Qfon filler. Or, yeah, we we purposely. I did in in some like private. Uh, projects and stuff like that, but we did not at, at Q. Just want to take a quick break to recognize our sponsor for Syntax FM. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. I use FreshBooks myself. I've been using it for about seven years now, and it is cloud accounting that is some of the best out there. So I just want to talk quick about some of the, the parts of FreshBooks that I really like and I use myself. Obviously, it's a very, uh, very complex software with a lot of it going on in there. Uh, first one is obviously I use it to, to create invoices to send off to people. I don't have to mess around with any Excel documents or, or whatnot. Just pop the user's information in there, how much they want, what currency it's in. And it'll send it off and email it off to them. Um, then I take all my online payments. We previously talked about the, the pain of accepting payments. Uh, FreshBooks interfaces with all kinds of different payment gateways, including Stripe. So all my payments go right into my Stripe account, which make it into my bank account. Um, project deposits are pretty nice. So if you uh, want to bill someone for something, you need 20% down before you get going. You can get a nice quick deposit with them. And probably my favorite feature of FreshBooks is their, their insights that shows you if a client has viewed the invoice or not. Because often I'll get a client being like, oh, I didn't get the invoice. 
but you can log in and see they actually did get it and they opened it up and then they opened it up two or three times and then closed it down. So that way you can tell uh, if the person actually has seen your invoice and, and see why they're they're not. It's not always a, always it. a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, another nice thing about uh, FreshBooks is they have like a automated like if someone doesn't pay, it will follow up with them. But it's like FreshBooks that it's like a bot that up uh, follows up with them. So it's not like you are like uh, tarnishing your relationship with a client with trying to get paid, um, which I think is is pretty important. So um, pretty cool. FreshBooks, check it out for a 30 day free trial. Go to freshbooks.com slash syntax and enter these enter syntax in the how did you hear about us? Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. So yeah, the company I should mention is called QLTD or Q Limited. Uh, I think their real name is Quorum. And uh, it was just 12, 12 people. We were the only two devs there. And uh, we had some pretty big clients, like the SIGGRAPH conference was like our biggest client. So uh, that was a pretty high traffic site. And it was it went from like, you know, I was making sites for nobody on Craigslist, really. And now all of a sudden I'm making sites that are getting massive amounts of traffic. Uh, I'm having to wow. learn massive amounts of things and just got a lot better. And I, I hung out in that job for a while, like uh, two or three years. And uh, Ben Ben left, actually, to take a job as uh, a dev at U, the University of Michigan and uh, left me as the senior developer there at Q. So I was a senior dev for about a year um, with some... Uh, talented dev working with me. Uh, this guy Mike Bondra is out in Seattle now. Really talented guy, and he was he he was onto a bunch of stuff that I wasn't onto at this point. We were doing a lot of WordPress and Drupal, and he was onto Node.js, uh, which was brand brand new. I mean, we went to meetups and stuff like that, and just trying to wrap our heads about what working in Node would even mean. And uh, we we didn't have a good work or a git a good uh, git workflow either at this place at the time. Uh, Git was popular, but not like uh, totally everywhere, everywhere. So, you know, Mike Mike and I set up a total Git workflow, and uh, then we decided to start building in Mongo, Express, and Node, and EJS, I believe the site was in, uh, whatever one of those major templating languages at the time. Um, so, yeah, so that's why I started to learn a little bit more about Node stuff, more server-side backend stuff. And uh, we built a really cool site. So from there, uh, Ben at University of Michigan was, you know, he was getting paid considerably more than I was to do like the same work <laughs> at U of M. And was like, basically, hey, man, why don't you come over and work at U of M? I could probably get you a sweet gig here. So uh, there was a little bit up in the air with the future of the company being a small agency. You're sort of living uh, it's not paycheck to paycheck, but like the company is definitely surviving on the clients it's getting. And I wasn't totally yeah. confident in the future of the company. They're still around and they're they're doing great work. Um, so you know, I you never know, uh, you know what's going to happen. But I wasn't quite super sure, you know, how longer, how much longer that opportunity would be there. So uh, I took I took uh, Ben up on his offer, gave got me an interview, I killed the interview. And started working at U of M as a web developer for what is an internal ad agency of the University of Michigan. Basically, we would only be building sites for U of M, but each department, U of M operates like a little country. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like ridiculous. Lots of universities are like that. They have to like apply. and Yeah. So we still had to bid on projects. So it was like U of M 
And oddly enough, we'd be bidding like against my old company and other other people like that. But, you know, they would, you know, we would have client meetings and whatever. And I, I found the job to be uh, good for a lot of reasons, but like terrible for others. Uh, browser compatibility was a completely different, like we had to support way, way, way further back, like IE7. Oh, yeah. And then like Q, we had already dropped IE8. I mean, we were uh, able to be progressive on that front because we were writing the contracts. This is university work. So I'm suddenly yeah. like not able to use a ton of the techniques I was liking to use. Um, so when was this then, if you dropped IE8 already? 2014? Okay. 15? I don't I would maybe want to double check some of these numbers. 15 seems yeah. more likely. What, three-ish years ago, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that doesn't make any sense then. I would have to check my timeline. <laughs> um, it at least dropped IE7. So maybe that was it. And I had to just jump into the back end of the IE7. Um, oh, yeah. Either way, so we were at, at University of Michigan building these sites. And it was like, it was getting to be no fun because I, I couldn't use anything progressive. Uh, I was yeah. referred to frequently as a hipster developer by some of the people that worked there. <laughs> some of the people, I, I should say that there's a lot of, everyone that worked there was super cool, but not everyone was super open to new tech. So like yeah. I was the only one for a little bit using SaaS. Um, well, actually I shouldn't say only one. Ben was using SaaS as well. Uh, but people were actually frequently ripping on me for using SaaS. Like that's not real CSS, that's a crutch. It's just like that's so dumb, and and actually, yeah. oddly enough, some of these people to this day probably aren't using that stuff and still like sitting on this style. Like it's of, it's funny how how into it we are, and then you hear stories from people that like someone emailed me the other day. They're like they're not allowed to use ES six. Mm, yeah, and, uh, for and and not because like they have actual reasons. It's just because the team is like, no, that's stupid. Why would we do that? Like we're doing things our way. I inter- I interviewed for a job recently, and uh, I was like, "Oh, so you're using ES6?" They were just like, "No." I was like, "Why? You're using? They're using Webpack. They were using? Oh no, wait. They were using? I'm sorry. They were using Gulp. They were using Gulp as a build system, but like, it's a free ad, and then you get a whole yeah. bunch of great features. Like, why wouldn't you use it if you? It's like that. They're like, "Oh, we don't want to deal with compatibility issues." That's not like a thing. Yeah. If you have a, it's. Yeah. It's frustrating to hear hear stories like that. But it I, I think it's more common than we actually think. I think mean, people listen to this podcast and I go, must be nice, but yeah, we're in a no total way bubble. I can yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, so, so yeah, you're at uh, U of M Creative. Yeah, and I mean that's where I got to like really experience a lot of these issues where you don't get to work on the stuff you want to work on. I found like the pace of the projects to be extremely slow, like project manager sitting on sites for months. And just like, okay, I've completed all of my work for the next like four months. Like, what am I supposed to do other than just sit here? So I started learning a lot of uh, Angular stuff at the time. Yep. And so just really going through the front end framework, I learned Backbone, I learned Ember. I didn't learn any of them particularly well except for Angular, but I, I did enough to like, I got a tour of the the front end frameworks at the time, like Marionette and Backbone uh, with yeah. Ember. Ember. Ember Data was just starting to be a thing. And um, I liked Angular the best because it was obviously the easiest. It looked a lot like HTML and it just felt really nice, right? Oh, okay, this is data binding is pretty amazing because doing that um, without Angular would have been a pain in the ass. So, yeah. Uh, so I just started making a bunch of stuff for fun in Angular and uh, loved it. 
really enjoyed it. Really liked the uh, uh, superpowers it was giving me. And then uh, I got a sort of out of the blue uh, job request through, I think it was even through LinkedIn. Um, and they were basically saying, hey, how would you like to build Ford.com? <laughs> it's just sort of oh. like, well, this is a, uh, <laughs> it's not it's not an opportunity to say no to. I didn't work at U of M Creative for an entire year, I don't think. I think I only worked there for like eight months total and I just booked it out to go build Ford.com. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, I should say it was also like a double in, in paycheck. So it was like a huge, huge opportunity, right? And, and it fell into my lap like, here, uh, you know, the interview was like really nice and easy. You know, always know an interview is going well when you're talking to like the technical manager about some web tech and they're like taking yeah. notes about the stuff you're saying. Like, oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I felt really good about the interview, got the gig, um, and I got put on a team of three really good developers. Um, well, I should say two really good developers, one of which who couldn't cut it got fired in like the first two weeks. Um, and that like woke me and this guy, Jeff Arcel, who's awesome developer from uh, Detroit. It kind of woke us up a whole ton. Like, okay, don't mess this up. This is a huge opportunity. Um, we started building some major, major interfaces for Ford in Angular. And we got to choose the direction, technical direction of this entire project. Like if we wanted to do it's something some way, yeah, he and I could uh, make these choices. Now the caveat here is our work isn't going on Ford.com. We're a part of a team of uh, people who are developing design experiments and interface experiments. So we would work with the designers who would come up with something not even super radical, but radical for Ford standards, right? And then yeah. it was our job to quickly prototype this up in a way that was like fully usable with real data and that we could eventually point uh, the other markets to like uh, China, whoever, to say, hey, this is how you do it. Here's the here's our code, here's our CSS, whatever. And our whole goal was to build out this like style guide full of uh, Angular components that were essentially like, this is how you're supposed to do it. But my physical code uh, did not end up on the site, right? It yeah. was, it's ridiculous. They have like 90 some markets for Ford, right? And all of those markets are on their own platform. Like some of them wow. could be Drupal, some of them could be a custom thing. You literally have no idea what these platforms are. So in, instead of like building a big platform, they're just like, here, you just write the front end code and we'll push it out and we'll leave it to their developers to implement it. The bummer of that is, is that some of those developers didn't implement our stuff very well. Uh, some of them didn't implement it at all. Some of them just flat out refused saying they didn't know how. We got people saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make this. <laughs> so, wow. uh, so at the end of the day, you know, they, they spent a bunch of money on us to do this really great design explorative work. And the designers were awesome. We had a team of like 30 some people, um, you know, one of the guys who worked on like the Domino's app was on it. Uh, like just like people from the industry in our field that were all super good. Uh, Jeff and I as developers were super good. Um, and uh, we brought in another developer, this guy, Bobby, uh, from part of Michigan uh, that Ben lived in. And he was super good. <laughs> and so we just had a lot of like really great talent and Bobby was like really super into RxJS he was into React he was into a lot of functional programming stuff and like sort of blew our minds with some of that stuff same time I'm learning Meteor getting into that um, 
Yeah. Wait, so. and when and when did you start Level Up Tuts? Obviously, at this point, you were going on YouTube, right? Yeah, I I uh, I totally glanced over that one. <laughs> so in two thousand. <laughs> In 2011, back when I worked at that small agency, QLTD, uh, I worked yeah. there with Ben, and Ben and I used to like get so mad. We were doing a ton of Drupal work because that's like what our, our agency liked to do, and yeah. um, we we would be like, "Oh, X documented feature isn't documented. Great. Well, like, why isn't this documented anywhere?" So we were just getting really like mad with the state of Drupal docs, and. Went through and just started making a bunch of tutorials. Oddly enough, he was doing expression engine tutorials, and I was doing Word or Drupal tutorials, teaching the stuff that we felt like was overlooked. And uh, so we both started Level Up Tuts, uh, Level Up Tuts at the time, now Level Up Tutorials. Um, and the logo was designed by our intern at Q, Mike McMillan, who's like a super super good designer. Like he's he's doing freelance right now. So if you need like really excellent design work, Mike McMillan. I think his uh, website is Mike McChillin. Uh, super cool guy. But uh, <laughs> so he did our he did our logo for us in like a hackathon style, and we just built built the site. And uh, I'd say Ben maybe recorded like fifty ish tutorials for Level Up Tuts before he had a, a couple of kids. And life was not super easy to record tutorials all the time. Obviously, you know. That's like a, you'd get home from work and last thing you want to do is record a few tutorials. So he had to, uh, he had to, to bail out, but I, you know, um, honestly, I have like an open door policy for Ben. So if he ever wanted to step in and like record some tuts, I would be, uh, 100%, uh, anytime he wants to do that. So, you know, he and I put in a ton of work on this thing to get going. And we just had this idea of like, Hey, tutorials, should be easy. There should be more of them. There should be more documentation. Like, why don't we just record a hundred tutorials really quickly and get that out there in the world? Uh, it just became a thing I did after some time. And even though he stopped, I, I never was super interested in stopping. So I just kept uh, hammering it through. Um, I started actually, uh, the level up tutorials origin story itself is pretty intense. I got a concussion through breakdancing I have the video on, on YouTube. It's not public, but I, I have the video. Ooh, really? I basically just like drop myself on my head on like tile floor. Uh, it sucks. Oh. My head bounces off the floor. It's it's totally gnarly. I ended up, uh, I did it the day before our engagement photos for my wife and I. And I like woke up the next morning and like half my face was bruised. And she was just like, come on, man. <laughs> like, uh, So we obviously <laughs> had to reschedule those. Uh, but yeah, so because I had a concussion, I was out from February to, um, I, I was out of commission of like doing activities like working out or, you know, dancing from February to September. So by February or by March, I had already created level up with Ben. So I was just like going stir crazy. I'm kind of like, uh, not totally hyperactive, but I have, you know, I'm gotta be doing stuff. <laughs> and so I was yeah. just like, Ben, I'm going nuts here. Let's, let's just do this right now. Like we both know this is a good idea. So let's just do it. Uh, so I so it was around March of two thousand and uh, is that two thousand eleven? No, that would have been March of two thousand and twelve that we started this. So we started level up March of two thousand twelve, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I just kept it going. So this whole time I'm working at Team Detroit. Uh, you can follow this progression along in my tutorials. If you look at uh, the level up tutorials like videos, 
you can see the progression of exactly all of these jobs that I'm talking about. It's actually kind of ridiculous. I'm working at Q, all the videos are about Drupal. I'm working at uh, <laughs> U of M, the videos are about WordPress because I was doing a lot of WordPress. I'm working at Ford, the videos are about Angular. <laughs> I'm working at, uh, you know, at that same time I'm doing Meteor stuff, so videos start to be about Meteor. And then uh, when the Ford gig is over by that time, because we were doing all Angular, that's when I dove into React, then the videos start to be about React. So the level up tutorials like YouTube videos like absolutely mirror what I'm working on at work. I would work on stuff yeah. all day long, come home, record three tuts or whatever, and then call it an evening. My wife was getting her PhD, so like she's studying and working all evening. She had nothing to like she she was like off on her own studying. I had nothing to do other than entertain myself, which I'm pretty good at. So uh just made a <laughs> made one thousand tutorials. That's how I, I entertained wow. myself. Yeah. So yeah, after that, uh, Ford was just a contract gig. Project is over. Um, the guy who got it the best out of that was Jeff, who was who got hired on to maintain the style guide. And I should put maintain in quotes because he just sat and looked at it for like half a year and year and got paid for it while doing freelance work. So, <laughs> so I wasn't so lucky. So I branched out and I was already living in. Uh, we moved to Denver. I. Actually, a hilarious story. We were I was working in Detroit in Dearborn, right at for Ford, and um, I told them I was like, "So I'm going to be moving to Denver, like expecting them to give like that be my two weeks notice, right? This is my two weeks notice." And they were just like, "Yeah, we know." So like, uh, just send the computer back when your contract's over or whatever. And I was just like, "Wait, what?" Uh, so they for some reason erroneously thought that I had already written it into my contract that I would be working remotely at some point. I did not. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I did not correct them. It was just like, yes, I will be working remotely. And we all knew that, you know, <laughs> like, let's just continue this idea. And uh, <laughs> so because of that, I got to come out here and work on the Ford project for like six more months. Um, and that was nice because, you know, I, I got to, the work was really fun. Um, I got to do that work some more. And while I was out here, I just decided, hey, you know, when this contract's up, I'm going to try level up full time uh, and started recording a lot more tutorials, doing more premium content, higher end stuff. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, uh, now that I decided to do the level up full time, it was a lot of decisions about really building my own platform. So in the past, level up tuts had been built on Drupal and we had sort of maintained it that way for a long time because it was easy. You know, there was um, built in JSON importers and stuff into to Drupal that would drop your JSON directly into your, your schema essentially. And uh, it was really nice. But, you know, Drupal has its issues. It's complex. It's kind of a pain in the ass to do anything custom. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of abilities to to expand and whatever, but like I remember uh, Ben Ben will find this hilarious if he's listening because there was like a moment we were at a, a, a hackathon or code party or whatever. We were just working on the level up site and Mike, our designer, was like, hey, why don't you just do it this way? And we both look at each other and Ben and I are just like, because it's Drupal. And he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> but I got an idea. How about we do it this other way? And then we're just like, because it's Drupal, like that was our answer for everything. Because it was just like a pain in the ass to do anything. So, um, you know, making that decision to move off of that platform, I, I decided to build my own suite of sites. So I built the Level Up Tutorial site as well as the store, both as like separate Meteor sites. 
um, that are like totally custom e-commerce store as well as like a totally custom site um, of which I actually have recently merged the two because uh, they were sharing a database anyways but there were I mentioned before there was a lot of complexities in how they handled sharing things across I mean there were several components that I literally had to duplicate just because they're in two code bases and they don't need to be in two code bases I didn't want to make them a package because um, it just added a layer of complexity I wasn't super excited about. So uh, both of these sites were built, um, y- you know, with an understanding that it would be able to grow and get fully customized. Obviously, I have to maintain both of those sites, so I'm like the only developer on all of this stuff the whole time. I built my yeah. e-commerce platform in a weekend, uh, just like after struggling <laughs> through like the idea of should I build this or not. And then uh, I remember uh, my wife wasn't psyched about it, but I just like locked myself in a, a room for a weekend and like worked my brains out until I had a little e-commerce platform that was like. It's getting better and better all the time, but it's obviously missing a ton of stuff at the time, but it worked. So, um, you know, now it's now it's part of the suite of sites. And I, I love that control of having these platforms that I built. And, uh, you know, one day I would obviously love to have more developers working on them. You know, we'll see if the level of tutorials can support that at any time and, and just be able to grow that way because the sites are great. Um, I'm really psyched about them. I use it as like a playground to try out all the new stuff. And it's always a great thing to have is like this the site that exists that you know you have full control over if i want to use x technology for this or if i want to oh let me maybe throw an apollo in there maybe i'll just try it out on one collection and see if it works right so um you know these sites exist as a, a playground for me but they're also like a huge learning experience uh it was the first time i'd ever built an e-commerce site outside of uh cms outside of magento or wordpress or anything like that so yeah you know you grow exponentially by these projects that you're able to um, just get get yourself self-motivated by, right? I'm motivated to build this stuff because it's a level up tutorials is my baby, right? So I'm so motivated to build these platforms that I'm going to go nuts learning this technology to make these things nice. So, uh, you know, some advice there is really just to like, again, follow your interests and to let those interests drive you into new tech, let those things drive you into really like exploring new things and uh, just growing that way by just purely sheer excitement, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's so important. Don't pick up stuff because you think it's what you should be doing. Just keep following what you're excited about. I think that's one common theme you'll hear over and over in this podcast. Yeah, if you're not excited about something, um, you're not going to learn it well and you're not going to be happy doing it. And I've always uh, prioritized personal happiness (laughs) over like, um, most things in my work, right? It's like, yeah, well, I, yeah. I think the best way to say that is you can make $150 an hour being a SharePoint developer. Yeah, right. Uh, which, exactly. Yeah. Apologies to the SharePoint developers in the crowd, but no, that's I not know. fun. It, it, it's not fun. And then maybe it is fun for some people, but yeah, it's certainly not fun for me. And like, uh, I like having that freedom and, and being able to to explore all the new new fun stuff and I still I I use that like that hipster developer sort of like slight I was given at my one job as like I don't know I, I wear that as sort of like a, a you know way to a like push me forward yeah a badge of pride right I mean I'm not like I don't know I, I was I'm never, a hipster developer yeah, it's like I, I was into new, <laughs> new exciting technologies. Oh, what a huge bummer that is, right? <laughs> yeah, like oh, I was trying new things and not doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to give Michigan some, uh, um, 
Michigan creative some credit to. There was another developer there named uh, Wally Colts who was like, uh, he was into some really, really cool stuff. And uh, I, I don't feel like enough people were listening to his direction, right? So he was, he was on some like, um, what was it? When Facebook had released their hip hop thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, PHP VM. Yeah. Is it was it hip hop for PHP? Is that what it's called? Yeah, so yep. PHP yeah, transpiler by Facebook. Yep. I mean, he was on that like the day it was out. And I remember him like telling us all about it. And like I didn't really necessarily understand it at the time, but I I don't remember anybody else being super excited about it. And and that kind of bums me out too, right? Like he was on some Yeah, like, I remember really people being like, "Why stuff. would you rewrite PHP?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but either way, like I don't know. There, you know, there there are those people, and like if you have that person at work who's onto some like really exciting or interesting stuff, I mean, really reach out to them and 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 get up on some of that stuff too. I mean, those people are happy, yeah. typically happy to share what they know. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, I worked for a startup for about a year, Etcha, which is like a full stack thing that I built entirely myself. Uh, GetEtcha.com. It's not like there yet. I think they, they need some money to make it go any further. Uh, but really it's, um, it's basically like a really modern booking app. It's like Instagram meets booking. You find a tattoo artist you like, you want to book them directly from there, a hairstylist you like, you want to book them directly from there. Like I said, it needs a little bit more before it crosses that finish line. So we'll, we'll see if that ends up uh, going anywhere or not. But yeah, so for the past year or so, I've been doing that. It was an opportunity given to me by a, a friend out here. And, uh, the whole time, Level Up Tuts, right? Level Up Tuts has just been hanging out and making content all the time. And so now that the startup is uh, not my uh, my main thing on my plate anymore, there's a lot more content, a lot more improvements, and basically uh, Level Up Tutorials is 100% in the forefront once again, and uh, I'm really, really psyched to be doing it all the time now. Wow. Yeah, so that, that I mean, it's, it's wild, right? It's not non-typical stories, right? I worked as an accountant and an AV tech no turning on projectors. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to do motion graphics full-time. That was my like dream job. And then I discovered yeah. that uh, I liked programming more. And now that you can do motion graphics in programming, like I love <laughs> motion graphics Full in circle. programming. Yeah. I love that. That's like such a good story because it, it really does show that like you didn't go to school for this and then became a developer. Like, you were all over the place and one thing led to another little interests led to another thing and and you're where you're at right now and i think that's probably motivating to someone who's just getting started right now in yeah, no, five you, ten years from now you might you might not know where you're going to be right yeah i was several years out of college before i even got my first programming job uh and every i honestly credit all of the major like major uh, big things to my wife because she found the job for the web developer. She yeah. uh, also looked at my website and was like, you are trying to do too many things. Like, why do you want to be a sound designer, a motion designer, a graphic artist? Like, why do you want to be all of these things? Like, just pick one. And uh, obviously I picked the one that was most like personally satisfying, which was programming, right? You solve a bunch of problems and you get all that gratification of uh, everything comes in and you fix all these problems and you feel good about it. So I picked programming because she made me pick something and I couldn't be any happier with that choice. It's amazing. Wow. That 
is pretty cool. Um, I don't know any any final words, lessons learned about about your whole journey. Yeah, lessons learned that is up. that like you get the places you get because you um, you follow the things that make you excited. And so you know, I followed the technologies that made me excited. I went off. I went a little bit rogue, right? You know, we're all doing WordPress or whatever at work. I was excited by Angular. I did Angular stuff. I was excited by SaaS. I did SaaS. Nobody told me that I could do that. And if I couldn't do it for a work project, I was doing it in a side gig. So it's like you let let the things that excite you pull you into new things and you know, be don't be afraid to to jump on that. You don't want to be the guy who's sitting there building a um a site with you know, last 10, I don't know, centuries old tech thinking like <laughs> I can do this forever, right? You're, you, you're going to be the webmaster. Exactly. <laughs> right. I think, yeah. I think one thing that, that comes from your story is that like your career is not, um, like a, an incline. Um, your, your career is more, it is obviously it's an incline, but it's, what, what do you call that? It's not a, a smooth transition. It's ma- there's major steps that you took in your career mm-hmm. and they were all huge steps up for you. So it's not like you were just doing like every day you got a little bit better. It's that you took these massive risks and these big jumps from job to job to job where your salary had doubled or yeah. you yeah. took on an entirely new technology. And I think that if you see people where you're like, how did they even get there? It's it's almost always like, oh, I was doing this one thing and then I totally switched to something else and that was a huge step up in my career. Yeah, and the ability to take risks and to jump into those new things. And uh, you know, I got some really good advice from my my dad who's had a really great career. He's a automotive engineer. Um, and I t- I asked him, you know, it, when the, one of the jobs came up, I'm just like I forget what it was. I think it was the Michigan creative job came up. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I really love working for this agency. I have all this freedom. I'm going to have less freedom at this new place. And he was like, I'm not going to tell you to do anything in particular, but every time I had an opportunity to jump, I jumped. Uh, yeah. Not to jump to a new job, but like jump into something new and exciting. If there's something to exactly. jump for, he said, you know, every time I had an opportunity, I took it. So, you know, not to saying you should take it, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Okay, and now it's time for sick picks, uh, in which uh, we give our sick picks, um, basically the sickest of picks. And since uh, <laughs> I give uh, my story today, I'll be giving a sick pick. And in Wes's story, which is part two of this episode, he'll be giving his sick pick at the end of his story. So, uh, yes, my sick pick this week is, um, is someone I mentioned before, um, my my buddy Devin Kerr. He started his audio plugin company, which is goodhertz.co was the website. Hertz is spelled H-E-R-T-Z. So goodhertz.co, he makes uh, some insanely excellent audio plugins. And uh, what I mean by that is these things aren't really things you're going to find anywhere else. And, you know, I I say this as even though this guy's like probably my best friend uh, forever. (laughs) I've known him since like the eighth grade and uh, we went through college together and, you know, we keep in touch like crazy, but like. Uh, regardless if he was the one making these or not, these things are as as real as it gets. Like I mentioned before, um, you know, 
artists like Flying Lotus and people use his plugins. If you're familiar with the band Wolfpack, you'll notice one of his plugins is the Wolf Compressor, which is made with Wolfpack. He's a um, he did the mastering for the Wolfpack album, so a wow. lot of his work is like it's just um, it's stuff that doesn't exist anywhere else like he he did his master's thesis on like 3d sound space so like basically you have an interface where you want to put a sound somewhere right like you have your headphone it's for headphones right it's a thing called can opener and you can say like i want this sound to be in the top left up over here or like five meters away oh i want this sound to be down huh. over here like 10 meters away um and like i said he he did all this his um his master's work on understanding the positional audio. So these plugins are just awesome and they're not totally useful for all situations. Like he has the Wolf compressor, right? Which is a, a compressor. And if you're used to audio plugins, it compresses your audio sort of evens out levels. Uh, you can think of it doing sort of like that, but this Wolf compressor you would not use for uh, like spoken word or something like that because it's it's supposed to be made for a very specific sound of like 1970s analog compressor emulation. So, you know, there's like all of these have a very specific use, but you won't find anything else like them. So, uh, yeah, Good Hertz is excellent, excellent stuff. Also, his design work for them, uh, I don't think he personally did the design, but like the design on all of the plugins is, is as good as it gets. None of those like fake skeuomorphic knobs that you have to turn on a lot of audio plugins so oh, hate that. Uh, yeah yeah it, it's he took a very different approach to it he's been doing this stuff for a very long time and obviously he knows what um audio engineers want to see out of their stuff so yeah i highly recommend if you're doing any sort of audio work you're working with recording music or production uh good hertz the prices are super reasonable you're getting some like totally unique plugins and packages and stuff like that Obviously, this isn't an ad, uh, and he's a good friend. But if, if neither of those things were true, I'd still be recommending these plugins. Sick. Yeah. Sick. sick. Pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So join us in the part two, where we give Wes's origin story and hear Wes's sick pick. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all our shows. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player and drop a review if you like this show. Until next time, peace.